Welcome to Jurassic World. guests, welcome to Jurassic World Minute, where we discuss Jurassic World one minute at a time. The Cretaceous Cruise is open. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode, we're discussing Minute 44 of Jurassic World. Before we get to that, David, heading over to Jurassic-pedia.com. We have an article up here for the Cretaceous Cruise that we get to see in this uh, minute. And I, I remember back when uh, I think we've seen the banners for it on the uh, in Main Street, and discussed a little bit then. It's not the uh, the cruise. I sort of envisioned when I hear that name. Yeah, I mean, most I would assume most people think of like a actual cruise ship, but yeah, I think this is based river jungle river cruise. I think Hammond calls it in the first movie, which it in turn is based on the ride. I think of the same name, even from the first novel mm. that Grant and the kids get stuck on. Anyway, I, I, and I think it was something that it went through the Dilophosaurus pen, and because they didn't know the Dilophosaurus <laughs> had uh, venom, had spitting venom when they designed the ride, they actually they had to figure out a way to, or they had to close the ride until they could figure out a way to remove the venom sacs, even though Hammond wouldn't uh, wouldn't allow a biopsy of the uh, Dilophosaurus. Mm. Yeah. Once again, just we're going to make these um, these wonderful attractions and have no idea what <laughs> what animals are going to be in there around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, is that we do see it here, but then we also get to see a little bit of it in the Camp Cretaceous cartoon as well. We they get stuck on it uh, near the Pteranodon. Enclosure, uh, the Tyrannodon Aviary, and that's when we get to see the bioluminescent Parasaurolophus and the mysteriously broken gate that dumps them into the Mosasaur. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if season two shines some more light on on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, on this little ride up here, of course, uh, guess paddling down the uh, the Jungle River. And it's a great scene when we get to it. Obviously, they've got a staff member that uh, goes along with the group as well, just to make sure no one gets out of the boat, <laughs> gets out of the mm-hmm. canoes with the animals. Because if there wasn't, you know I'm getting out of that boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I do recall this being one of the shots from the trailer, this shot of the Jungle River cruise that we have in the article here, with the uh, sunlight shafting in through the trees there. This was probably, I think, one of the cooler shots that we got from the movie itself. I wish we got to see more stuff like that. Well, that, the, the disappointment we got this five-second clip in the trailer, and that's pretty much all we get in the film as well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was a shame. I I can't recall if they had uh, footage of this on the um the website as well where they had the security feeds for Jurassic World I if they had something. Either. Yeah. I imagine it would have some kind of footage of it from somewhere. I know. Um, I remember there was pictures. They had production photos up on the website. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, for that article, head over to dress-peter.com uh, for that and many more going up all the time let's get one thing straight i'm in charge out here you do everything i say exactly as i say it excuse me just relax just like taking a stroll through the woods 65 million years ago dave reading it in a minute 44 yep as we're in minute 43 of jurassic world we caught back up with the boys riding the monorail towards gyrosphere valley as we're on minute 44 Zach's trying to convince Gray that their parents aren't getting a divorce, but Gray's been checking the mail, seeing letters from two separate divorce lawyers. Zach seems shocked about this, but then tries to blow it off and says it doesn't matter, I'm going to be gone like two years anyway. At the 30 second mark, as Gray starts to cry, Zach tells him that he's going to get two of everything, two birthdays, two Thanksgivings, two Christmases, but this just seems to upset Gray more. At the 42 second mark, after some brotherly love, Gray turns to look back at the monorail window, still crying, and then notices something down in Galamama's valley below. At the 50 second mark, as the music builds, we can see two vehicles driving fast on a dirt road in the valley below. At the 52 second mark, we cut to the jungle river and can hear the trumpeting of dinosaurs as guests paddle their kayaks on the Cretaceous cruise past the island's local inhabitants. And as minute ends, we start to pan to the left, towards something, driving along the side of the river. As we continue Zach's conversation with Grey last minute, he said that uh, Grey just hasn't been around long enough. And now he continues, they've always been this way, so... They've been fighting for some time, it sounds like. But uh, Grey says they get mail from two different lawyers. <laughs> and Zach says that doesn't mean anything. And then Grey says, I googled their, their divorce lawyers. <laughs> So he's, he's, he's been putting two and two together. Mm. Sometimes you shouldn't send your kids down to the post office to get the mail. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, Zach actually looks generally stunned at this. Maybe, obviously before, he's just sort of waving it off. No, nah, they've always been fighting. They're not getting divorced. But this is sort of the first time that it might actually be true. And he sort of, yeah, he seems a bit shocked about it. But... Uh, he finally, finally mans up and says, uh, all right, whatever, uh, you know, um, that it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to be gone in like two years anyway. And I mean, all my friends' parents are divorced. Um, <laughs> he doesn't really know where to go. He sort of starts off trying to uh, brush it off, but um, then he looks over and sees that Gray's starting to cry. Because <laughs> this is why I don't bring kids on the rides with me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and obviously the two years he's um, he'll be going off to college in two years' time, so he's going to be leaving home anyway. 
but uh, he, t- he tells Gray to hey knock it off you're going <laughs> you're going to cry and Zach tries to look at the uh, offside and cheer his brother up look you're going to get two of everything right <laughs> you're getting you're going to get two birthdays two thanksgivings uh, two thanksgivings and Gray just looks at him through wet eyes I don't want two of everything so the uh, the bribe or the the promise of being able to get more stuff if the uh, parents are divorced isn't uh, isn't something that Gray wants to hear. But then Zach loses his caring nature again and says, "Yeah, well, it's up. It's not up to you. All right. Um, there's a point where you just have to grow up." So, a bit harsh there towards Gray. And um, Gray turns away and looks out the window again and starts to notice something in the valley below. But uh, before we see what that is, I haven't had to deal with divorce myself. Uh, my parents are still together. My marriage has been rocky at times, but it's sort of got over it. I can get both sides of Zach's argument, but uh, with Gray being younger and having a disability, I probably have gone a little bit more on the caring brother side. Although Karen did say earlier that uh, yeah. Zach's a bit of a shit <laughs> around uh, around Gray. So, I mean, I'm more in Nick's kind of um, pen here. Where I've I know I have friends who I know friends who have got, had parents who got divorced. But my, I mean, my parents were they were high school sweethearts. <laughs> They've known each other for almost fifty years at this point. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yep. So I mean, it's just, I mean, their relation, like you said, the relationships have been rocky sometimes. But I mean, they fight like an old married couple because they are an old <laughs> married couple. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's exactly right. So now we get the the score start to intensify, and we get a shot of what Gray's looking at. Uh, two vehicles down on a dirt road in the long valley below and I sort of love how we get this sort of score start to pick up here just the ACU stuff um, we cut down to a jungle river guests in kayaks paddling downstream as we have a stegosaur and a patasaurus grazing on the bank and uh, taking a drink of water obviously this being the Cretaceous cruise as we mentioned before and yeah as we were saying before I'd always imagine it being a, a, a boat Again, like this, sort of the old military truck last minute, uh, 22,000 guests on island, and you're going to have uh, a dozen at a time paddling down the Jungle River in these uh, in these kayaks. <laughs> I mean, well, to be fair, in the original novel, it was, um, they were like rubber rafts, like like the kind you would ditch out of a larger boat in, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were like big yellow, I think they were actually pretty comparable to what the um, Islands of Adventure and Orlando Studios rides have. I think, in fact, those rides are based on con- for the, of the, con- the co- concept from the first movie. Because one of the first things Spielberg did when he, when uh, Crichton handed him the very first draft was he just started cutting all the scenes that he they just couldn't do, and one of the very first things that they cut out right was the Jungle River, the entire Jungle River thing, because in 1993 it would have been an enormous budget to accomplish, and he just didn't think they would have been able to accomplish it with the budget they had. And he, and ever since Jaws, Spielberg has always been very budget conscious and uh, schedule conscious. I think that's something that I think that Jaws was kind of his, he never wanted to ever repeat that ever again. So I, I think it was kind of smart on his part 
to just uh, figure, okay, this is this whole middle chunk is going to get cut. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people praise Jaws for the slow reveal and all that sort of stuff, knowing full well that it's because the animatronic didn't bloody work. But you you can only imagine (laughs) what was going through their heads production. They're here trying to film this movie, and this shark is not, or this animatronic shark is not working. Um, There would have to have been some serious concerns from the studio and everyone else as as the filming was going ahead. So the even funnier thing is they didn't test it. They just brought it on set one day, dumped it in the water, and it just it sank right to the bottom of the harbor. <laughs> they were filming it. They had to send a dive team down to retrieve it. <laughs> Jaws was such a disaster in every single way possible. It's amazing that everybody came out uh, came out of it with their careers intact. Yeah, I don't even know what comparison you'd have for Jurassic. Maybe the even though the sets were built around the Tyrannosaurus animatronic, but having the Tyrannosaurus animatronic on the, the the breakout set and having it fall through the stage, not just the stage collapsing under the weight of the animal while it's thrashing around, <laughs> <laughs> pushing the car around. Well, there there was the one thing that happened where um, Stan Winston didn't know that they were going to be in a rain scene <laughs> and he didn't build the, the animatronic for a rain scene he didn't seal the foam rubber and foam rubber is basically spun material that absorbs water mm. <laughs> so every, after every couple of shots they'd have to go out there and waste enormous amounts of time letting it dry out and in fact i think at first I think the first after the first couple of shots they started with the animatronic, the head on it broke, so they had to spend like a whole night just running all through the night fixing the animatronic completely, so that they could be ready to shoot the next morning with it. Mm. And that's another overly posted photo of the production staffer toweling the Rex's head down, saying Rexy works hard too, or whatever the memes are on that, but. Uh... We did get a little bit of um, something not really going the way it was supposed to go with it actually breaking through the, the Perspex dome on the car without the kids True. knowing. That wasn't supposed to happen. Thankfully, they were able to shut it down <laughs> because or with the kill switch because the glass was made to break away, but not that, not at that moment. It was meant to break away when the, when the um, car flipped over. Mm. Whoops. <laughs> Yep. But could you just imagine, uh, in 94 anyway, in in 97 we have the Tyrannosaurs on the rails either side of the RV, so you could probably have that rail system set up beside a a sort of a fake wall of foliage to have the Tyrannosaur trying to push its head through to some sort of fake river with the boat on it, but it would have been a, a mammoth task because you'd need some long sections of man made river to have. Well, even just a Tyrannosaur in the lagoon chasing, swimming after him, there's no there's no way mm-hmm. you're going to do that practically. I was thinking the waterfall with Ooh, the T-Rex yeah. at the bottom of it. Yeah, that too. Like, we get a little nod to that in The Lost World, but that's obviously four years later with Stan Winston mm-hmm. being able to do a bit more work on the uh, on the animatronic. And as we mentioned back then too, that was the last thing they filmed just in case it, it didn't work or destroyed the animatronic. Yeah. So, yeah. Plus that... Um, that's, a lot of that stuff was in the daytime too, so we know 
most of the uh, the scenes, apart from the Tyrannosaur going after the Gallimimus and the Gallimimus themselves, a lot of the CG shots are night or inside, so it may have uh, may have dated the film just trying to push too much action like that. But mm. getting back to the Kayaks. I mean, we, <laughs> I was gonna say, we do have that one uh, one shot of the T-Rex attacking the Gallimimus in the daytime. But yeah. it was kind of, you don't, it was not a very long shot. It, I think from breaking the tree line to taking down the Gallimimus, it's like five or eight seconds. It is not long at all. That T-Rex was hungry. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Joe, which, which I felt always kind of added to my theory that the T-Rex is not really attacking the explorer for food but rather the fact that she's like a dog with a squeaker toy she's just tearing it apart seeing what it does and enjoys the fact that it squeaks when she chews on it well yeah first it was a flashlight then it was lex screaming in there so you got two things there that are <laughs> that are just like that little button inside a chew toy <laughs> she can bite exactly right yeah but uh getting back to the kayaks in this in this scene here as well, um, I had no idea that they were clear bottom. Uh, the novel will say that they're glass bottom. Um, that's incredibly mm-hmm. heavy and expensive to have glass bent in the shape of a canoe. Whether this is one of those high roller rides that only a few people can afford to go on, like a premium package or... Well, I think it was premium package. Yeah, yeah. And also, Bert asks the question too... Is there prehistoric fish in the river or life in the water as well that you're actually looking at, or is it just normal fish that some of the predators downstream maybe can eat? Because I don't know why else you'd have a glass-bottom boat. I would imagine that the bottom is actually more like plexiglass. It's light gla- It's like a light, strong plastic, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. That would, would be a lot more cost-effective, you know? Well, especially since they've got to be transported, because your ride ends at one end of the river, you've got to take them kayaks out, then take them all the way back to where the ride starts, presumably as well, unless there's some sort of underground track system that they go back onto and get um, get moved back to the start of the river, wherever that is, because obviously it's not the lagoon, you don't start or finish there, that we know of anyway. But uh, as the guests laugh and point at the animals, we slowly pan... Uh, off to the left, and we get a little bit of a calm before the storm here, and as the minute ends, we get that uh, score continue to build, but we don't actually see what comes driving past them. Mm-hmm. Anything else on that before we get to the novel? Uh, no, I think we uh, tangented pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Gray only sees one ACU transport vehicle in the valley because, uh, as we're going to find out, or as we mentioned before in the uh, ACU ready room, there's only eight ACU personnel getting ready to go after the Indominus. As we get the description of Jungle Cruise in the river, it said guests paddle by in glass enclosed kayaks. Um, as I said before, glass be extremely heavy and expensive to build. Um, but maybe it's only why there's a certain few doing uh, in this group anyway. But uh, that's it for the novel, and that's it for minute 44. Dave, anything else to bring up before we get heavy for the day? No, I think we uh, covered that pretty well. All right, lovely. 